Welcome to this week's episode of Two Guys, a Screen and a Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Max. And I am Rami. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the father of the atomic bomb, Oppenheimer, and Christopher Nolan's new exciting movie that just dropped. Stay tuned. All right, so we're back. I know, uh, Rami, you've been excited for this movie for way Ooh, too long. Super excited. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I've gone a single day without you mentioning it like 30 times. Oh, man, I have been super excited to watch this movie. And well, I think it delivered, but we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. But, I mean, what, what are you watching right now? I mean, now that the Oppenheimer excitement's over, because... You've now seen it. Nothing. There is a what? void in my life now. There's a without void. Without the hype of uh, Oppenheimer. I haven't watched Barbie yet, but I need to get on that. But Oppenheimer was the priority for me. Did, by the way, I mean, since you brought up Barbie, did you see that I guess like there's been a shortage of like pink paint because everyone is buying up the pink paint? Dude, the, the marketing has been really wild for Barbie. Yeah, I don't... Uh, there's, like, there's, like, bink sandwiches out there now. Yeah, I did I did tell my wife I would wear pink to Barbie when we go see it. We have not seen it yet, but she's excited to see it, and in order to make her happy and... I wonder if it's worth to go see. Well, yeah, but to convince her to see Oppenheimer, I had to give some concessions. And really? Did she like it, though? <laughs> she really liked Oppenheimer. I was I was surprised. Really? I was surprised. I mean, I've been saying it's it's a boring it's gonna be boring, but it, it was not boring. But it wasn't boring for me, but we'll see what the Barbie is gonna be like. I think it's gonna be good based on like what their views out there are. Yeah, uh, everything I've but, seen is good. I've only seen good but things. But they have one hell of a marketing team. I mean and this is a hard, like, week. Like, we have three good movies out right now. We have Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. So that fight in the box office is, is, is a big fight. I don't, like, who wins? I, don't think, I don't think Mission Impossible is in that fight. Well, I mean, they dropped a week ar- ago. I think, it's, I think it already lost. I mean... You think so? Yeah, I don't even think it's in the I, I haven't really checked, but... I mean, really, if you're going to go see a movie, you have three choices. And three good choices. But I think with the hype that Barbie and Oppenheimer are taking right now, I guess Mission Impossible really has bad luck to drop uh, their movie a week before those two big movies. I think yeah. any movie is, is bad, just bad luck with, with that. Even Oppenheimer, I don't think Nolan was happy with Barbie dropping the same time. Probably not. I mean, it was... Uh, I think he said it. He I wasn't there happy was an, with it. Yeah, there was an instant. I think it was like... So people people keep bringing up that I think the Dark Knight or something came out the same weekend as the first Mamma Mia movie, and it had uh, like the same issue of both were very anticipated movies. Like you but. have the entire year, and you you're dropping like in one month like at least three good movies. That's hey, that's Indiana Jones to, hey. is in that category. You can't. No, Indiana Jones lost already. I think they're out of the whole race. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they lost money on the movie. Yeah, but M- Mission Impossible lost money too. 
That's been it's a still, disappointment it, in the box. One office. week in, one week in, I think. No. Well, and Indiana Jones is two weeks in. It's not. Yeah, but Indiana Jones at this point, who's gonna go watch Indiana Jones and leave Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Mission Impossible? I I would say who's gonna go see Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones when you've got Oppenheimer and Barbie, and then next week Mission you Impossible. have. Next week you've got Haunted Mansion, which is just going to add to it. So it's, uh, I think, also I think Haunted a, Mansion, it, bad timing for them. It's a bad, bad. T- timing, but Disney's putting a lot of money into that marketing. I've seen it this all just, over the place the last. The couple two of big years. movies right now, especially with Barbie's uh, big marketing push. Like I mean, you're talking big marketing. When I went to see Oppenheimer, there were a lot of people wearing pink. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 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 that doesn't mean that Oppenheimer was an empty theater by all means. I mean, I had, I, th- I watched it in IMAX, and it was at least a hundred, a hundred twenty people in there, at least maybe a hundred fifty. Yeah, I mean, I actually was weird. Is I saw guys dressing up in, in suits to go see Oppenheimer. Oh man, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, happened at my theater, and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I went in, I, I, so I went to the theater right as the movie was about to start. So the theater was completely dark. I was late. I didn't count for the time right. I go in, the theater is completely dark. Dude, I don't know where my seat is. There's no way I can figure <laughs> out the seat is. I found just an empty seat and I sit on it. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be good enough. I don't care. I just don't watch the movie. Did the movie but start or was it in like previews? It was about to start. It was like, it was like just about to start the the theater was was dark i i've never been in a situation where like the theater is already dark and you're going in to go watch it late mm-hmm. i've never been i've usually went in to the theater early but i've never been in this situation and i don't know what people do i found people that came after me they like opened the turned on the flash uh, light i should say that's annoying i would yeah. feel embarrassed doing that yeah but my wife didn't come with me so i oh, went you alone. went you went and saw it by yourself? I saw it by myself. Uh, I mean, it's that's dedication. heavy, man. It is. It's dialect it... heavy. And she, she, she knew that coming. I'm like, yeah, she probably, she might, she's going to come with me to Barbie, but she's not coming with me to a dialect heavy Oppenheimer movie. And I, I didn't argue against her not coming. Although I, it would have been, I think she would have liked it. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought my wife was going to probably fall asleep, but. She, no I think she's leaving that movie though. Yeah, no, I think she liked it more than I did. I really liked it, but she's she's oh, been very, man. very hyped about it. I was it. eating something really crunchy, and there's a scene. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you what I'm <laughs> eating, I, mean, I can tell you later. Yeah, there no, was let's, a scene. let's talk about it. wasn't uh, crunchy. It, well, what, it was like, what, what do you, yeah. what is your movie, <laughs> like, what is your movie theater routine? Like, so I usually go with popcorn, okay, or whatever is in the house. At that moment, in the house, I had, uh, since I was going late, I didn't even have time to get popcorn. But so I, I got those, you know, those bird uh, seeds? Yeah, like the bird seeds? Yeah, but those ones seeds? are, yeah, the, the, yeah, those. We, I got a special order from Egypt. They're really good. They're different than the ones that you would have in America. But they, like, make this, like, like very loud noise when you <laughs> kind of eat them. And like when, when you kind of take the, what do you call the cover or whatever you call it to get the seed on the inside, yeah. you know, you gotta. So um, 
I'm sitting in the most important scene of the whole movie, and I think in you know, the Trinity test, you know how the yeah. the whole theater went silent. I'm yeah. telling you, man, a hundred to hundred and fifty people, they're just silent. <laughs> and here goes Rami <laughs> taking <laughs> one of those like seats and <laughs> and you can hear the sound just echoing throughout the theater. <laughs> but uh, such a good movie. But we're gonna talk about it more here shortly. Yeah, I mean, my my movie theater routine is I always have to get Sour Patch Kids. I don't know why. Uh, it's just like that's that's my go-to snack when I'm at the movie theater. It's uh, just popcorn for me. And I never never really occurred. It's just whatever's in the house or popcorn. Yeah, whatever I, I think, can sneak in or popcorn. I think uh, we were we were in the theater waiting for like the previews to start, and they like do like the pre-movie um, like interview stuff. And I think they made a comment of like. Uh, be careful not to finish your candy before the movie starts. And I was like, uh, it's a long movie. <laughs> I was, I almost finished. It was, I was almost done with my, my, uh, so did, you, you went <laughs> to see it in IMAX, right? Because you usually I did, see it yeah. in Dolby. I did. I know I, uh, we don't have a Dolby theater here. So I saw it mm. in IMAX. How was IMAX? Uh, it was good. I, I think, I think, uh, you have to see that movie and, either IMAX or there's also like Epic XL, which is what so I normally do. But uh, when yeah. I looked up Epic, uh, there was no, uh, it was sold. I out. had never watched a movie in IMAX before. So going into this movie, I'm like, dang, that screen is huge. Yeah, no, I, I like those. I like the larger I was, screens and the, the I was, louder. When I was watching the movie, I was looking at like every corner of the screen. Like I was looking up to the left corner. I'm like, Wait, wait, this is too big of a screen that my eyes cannot get all of it at once. You got to kind of look to the left <laughs> and to the right. I've never been to a Dolby one, too. Like, I don't know if that's even better or not. Uh, Dolby, I think, is the same. It might be a little bit smaller screen, but it is a larger screen than the standard. But uh, mm. it's their audio that's, that's the big difference. They have a much mm. clearer, clearer so audio system. They shot this movie in a 70 millimeter IMAX. So I, um, I hunted. I really did. I hunted for that 70 millimeter. I found one theater that does it kind of nearby, about 40 minutes away. Almost went. But when I looked at the, um, the tickets, there were none available for the whole yeah, no. weekend. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that place will be sold out for sure. But uh, the 70 millimeter, I don't think that was even IMAX. It just says 70 millimeter. I didn't understand what that was. It's just, it, it, I don't think that was IMAX. Mm, maybe. So I, I think I didn't go. I ended up just going to an IMAX. Yeah. I mean, I think it was worth it. Just regular IMAX is fine. I'm sure Dolby is fine. I'm sure uh, Epic XL was very good too. So I think it, seeing it better at a in a higher or a better theater than a standard digital. Is probably what you should do, but it's it's still I, I, a good movie. I don't movie. know, Max. I don't know. See, I was bro go seeing going seeing it in a big screen and and all that stuff. But you know, aside from like maybe two scenes in the whole movie, I don't know if it was there was a big need to go see it in IMAX. Um, but the one scene that they they used the IMAX that you really needed IMAX, and me and you know what we're talking about, the Trinity test. That was worth it for me. But aside from that, I didn't really see anything else. Well, what I'm saying is you need it because of the upgraded sound system. Because mm. the way they... That You're right. Nolan I didn't think of that. Yeah, the way Christopher Nolan used um, sound effects and 
and all that stuff, you, you need that. It's way more immersive when you have. Yeah, the sound. I, we're we're going to talk more, like I said. Oh, yeah. but, it, yeah. it was amazing. You're like, right. I, I can see what you're talking about now. Yeah. Digital, you're not going to get that kind of impact. Mm. Mm. It was the biggest screen I, I had ever seen. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Never have I seen a screen that big. Yeah. When I went to the theater, I mean, the movie's about to start. It's all dark. And I look uh, behind me to the screen. I'm like, damn, this is a huge, <laughs> huge screen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, the... I, I freak out whenever I'm late. <laughs> I freak out. I'm like, I'm late. I'm late. I don't know where to sit. And I, I was like, I-12. I'm like, shoot, where the hell is I-12? How am I going to find I-12? Found a seat, just sat on in it. It was middle kind of. And yeah, no, I'm grateful that I, uh, I got early, got there early. Cause I could not figure out how the, like where all the row letters were mm. when I first and got to IMAX, the they make the theater bigger. Like it's a bigger theater than what yeah. I'm used to. I usually go to a much smaller, like yeah, they, uh, theater. It, I think they try to fit like, well, I don't know, like uh, 75 to a hundred people in there. I think uh, normally. Yeah. It depends on the theater. Right? Yours, was yours like a recliner theater or. No, like, it wasn't, which I'm used theater. to a reclining theater. Was yours? Yeah. No, n not the IMAX theater. Mm. Because they want to fit more people in there, which I understand. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, you know, I go to Epic XL and they, that has, they all have recliner seats and stuff. Do they have IMAX though? Well, that's XL is the equivalent to IMAX for Epic. It's, <sighs> it's nice. their competitor. Keep up with. You have yes. Dolby Vision, you got XL, you got 4XD, you you got 3D, you got so many things. Yeah. It's too much to keep up with. I like IMAX, I like 3D, and I like it's just some movies for each of those. And that's it. I don't, I don't get the Dolby Vision one at least. But uh, let's not get into that now. <laughs> You'll have to see. You got to see a movie in Dolby Vision before you okay. judge it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You gotta, I've never seen has, a movie in IMAX, so. And it has to be like a good, a good movie. Like I would say, Oppenheimer would be a good one to go see again. In but Dolby, I tell but. you, uh, Barbie gonna be a standard i'm not going to an imax for okay well, well that's why I, th I wanted to discuss i think i think there was some benefit because um barbie i don't think was filmed to be in like an imax theater and stuff it's just filmed to be a normal movie and i think that actually helped this weekend because oppenheimer's taking up all the imax theater mm, okay i could see that you're right uh if, well, if like, they were both... i think what helped if they were both IMAX like movies, it would have been very tough to even find a movie so, time for each. What helped really with Barbie just getting that big? Aside from marketing, good marketing, they—I mean, it's not an R-rated movie. Like uh, Oppenheimer is not for everybody. No, no, for it's sure, not. for sure. And um, Barbie is almost for everybody, I think. Yeah, so it that's was filmed, the big yeah. reason. That's a big reason it, it just took over like that. Yeah. But so, I'm not saying Oppenheimer did bad in any means. So maybe we should settle this uh, this little little wager we had going on from no, last maybe week. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> did you, have you looked up the box office? Uh, a little bit. I looked up yesterday. I think Barbie's like leading the way. I, so to tell people what we're talking about, we have been talking about who's going to make more money, Oppenheimer or Barbie. I've been saying Oppenheimer, and I think uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, let me see. When can. I looked it up, it was um, Barbie was on the way to making like 75 million this weekend. 
and Oppenheimer was about half of that, maybe in the 30s. No, am I wrong? Yeah, Barbie took in $70.5 million on Friday. That was just Friday. And that included Thursday pre-shows. Go for Barbie. Go for Barbie. I'm still trying to find like actual num like number results on what we're Barbenheimer tops two hundred and thirty five million dollars domestic. So they had a good weekend. Both of them combined, I think, had a good weekend. The biggest yeah. ever or something like that. Yeah, Barbie tallied hundred and fifty five million this weekend. Oppenheimer is estimated seventy eighty point five million. Okay. That's not bad for a movie that costed about a hundred million to a hundred and eighty to make. Maybe that was just the debut. We'll find out next week. We could talk about that next week. Uh, whenever we have that first week, whenever we have that first week, uh, yeah, results. The, the weekend total f- between the two movies is two hundred thirty-five yeah, million. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big to, weekend. Yeah, it's expected to be the highest-grossing weekend of the year. For movies. So I think both movies are a win. All right. So I I also kind of want to pivot a little bit. Uh, Universal has made some cool announcements this week about Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, I'm not going to that. Why? Uh, Max, you know why? (laughs) It's just, do I want to wait in line for three to four hours? No. There's options to not have to wait in a line for two to three hours. Yeah, the options are kind of expensive. Eh, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. the prices are a bit much, but and is it worth it to go in a house for like a couple minutes and come out? It's it's like ten minutes. Eh. And you can take your time. Just you can watch, watch a horror slower. movie at home and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> same same effect. I'm I'm just excited for Stranger Things, as you can see in with my hat. Yeah, they're gonna probably have Vetna. Vetna, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah it, it's gonna That's be it. it's gonna be season four, Stranger uh, Things. Uh, so yeah, Vecna is gonna be a big part. Good luck with that. <laughs> you, I'll be cheering you on. Uh, Max uh, is wearing a Stranger Things hat right now. So and a and a shirt. I got. The, he's a big fan. The, yeah, I he got likes to wait two to shirt. four years for a season to come out. Hey, he's well, a huge fan. <laughs> you yeah. you like to wait wait like uh, eight years for the show to finish before you watch it. I I don't. I actually I have watched uh, Stranger Things, and if they come up with a season, I'll probably watch it. But I'm tired of it. I want it to end that's tomorrow. Disappoint- I want it to end today or tomorrow. Take. That's a disappointing take. Eh, we'll see when November comes. What what happens? It's not, uh, I, it's not coming out this year. Stranger Things. I no, guess it, it's, it's next year. I think it'll be next year. Yeah, but it's not a, the year after. <laughs> no, it'll be next year. I think they're yeah. ready to. It, it's 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 going to be done. I think it, as long as they can film it and stuff, it'll be done next year. Okay, we'll see. All right. So, do you want to start talking Oppenheimer? Are we trying to do no spoilers? Where's the ad? See, see, everybody, did you, did you guys see that? 
He did not talk about the ad, and this is why I remind him every single week to talk about the ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's going to remember this time. I don't have to remind him. <laughs> and he forgets. <laughs> <laughs> you did get me this time. I, I did forget. My bad. Uh, You're good. So let's, let's get a quick word from our sponsor before we uh, talk Oppenheimer. And uh, stay tuned. RMH Marketing Group specializes in providing comprehensive social media management services to its clients, which include copywriting, graphic design, and paid advertising. Social media management offers an excellent way to increase your brand's visibility and conversions. To learn more, visit rmhmarketinggroup.com or visit their social media channels on Facebook and Instagram. RMH Marketing Group, your partner in digital media marketing. And welcome back. All right, let's talk. No spoilers. I this I, I don't know if you can really spoil this movie. It is a you can. A there there are things. There are sequences that you could spoil. I guess. So we're gonna try our best to try to not spoil at the beginning, and then we're gonna spoil at the end. But yeah, but did you like I mean, the movie overall? Oh yeah, the movie was great. I think we've already I freaking loved it. that. It was it was such a good movie. Like. Visually, it was amazing the way he was able to use, you know, Christopher Nolan used editing and, yeah, and sound. sound effects to keep um, keep you engaged even during these long dialogue t- uh, filled. Scenes. So I was I was going in thinking that I was going to sleep a little bit. If it's going to be boring because based <laughs> on the three hours and based on what you told me, Max, Max is like, this is going to be the most boring movie ever. They're so boring. I'm like. I go in thinking this is going to be a, a very brutal movie. It wasn't. The three hours passed really quickly. Uh, it, was, it was a really good movie. It has good sequences. <laughs> I, I mean, the I music really, was really good. I really got to you with that statement of it's going to be boring. I, I, for a moment there, I thought it was going to be. But I go in thinking that, hey, you know what? Let's just have as much energy and try to focus as much as possible. And I did. There were parts that you needed to focus in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, oh, it it was like, I don't know. I I was going in expecting it to be a little boring, but the way he, you know, he was able to turn the dialogue and stuff into very suspenseful moments where like, you feel kind of anxious about what's going on, even though they're just talking. A very dialect-heavy movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Very, oh, my goodness. If you don't focus on some of the dialect, you will understand everything, especially at the end. But if you focus too much on not understanding what's happening, you're going to just lose out on the movie. So I say go in with the, with the open mind that you might not understand everything that's being said and every name that's being thrown. And uh, just go with it. They, they say just go with it. Yeah, and I would, because I didn't understand much. <laughs> yeah, I would give people like a little bit of a heads up that there's a lot of time jumping, like um, to different periods in the story. So a little bit, but you understand. That. I think I think at the very end you understand what's happening. You understand like the story kind of nothing he introduced at the at the beginning of the movie was not used at the end of the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, like, this I is how I saw it. By the end, yeah, it's all resolved. But in the beginning, there was a little bit of confusion because of the the time jumping. But after a couple of 
instances where it happens, you kind of start to figure, you know, put the puzzle together of where it's happening within yeah, the timeline. Yeah, I love it. Um, and and some people think that so uh, this movie has black and white and color. Yeah. So it's not different times. It's not two different. Uh, it is. Time yeah. It no, is. No, no, no. I think you misunderstood that because sometimes they brought the same scene with color. It was the two different perspectives. The Oppenheimer perspective was the color, and Strauss, I think his Strauss. name was, uh, yeah, Robert uh, Downey Jr. His perspective, the black and white was his perspective. Mm. So this mo- this story was was being told in two different perspectives. So the same scenes, sometimes the same scene, uh, you would have uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's black and white. The same scene, they br- bring it to uh, Oppenheimer, and it's in color. So this is the mistake that people misunderstand that it's too different. Okay, maybe this is in the future or it's in the past because it's black and white. It's not. This is not the case. It's two different perspectives. And if you focus more on that, you you'll find the same scenes are just repeated in different perspectives. So this is some of the confusion that people. I I understood it, but it took me a minute. But I thought there were some scenes that were in the perspective uh-uh. of Strauss that were in color. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Those scenes that Strauss was in, it's in the Oppenheimer perspective. See, this movie is a very rewatchable movie. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta rewatch. I don't know. Understand. I don't. I don't know if it is. I think I it think... is. I think you watch it ten years from today, and you you figure out things that you didn't know that was in the movie. Like yeah. it's very detailed. It is way. no, it hundred percent. I mean, that's what Christopher Nolan movies always are. They're always very detailed, and that's and he likes time jumps. I think yeah. Christopher Nolan is a very time jumpy guy. He he likes that. He, it's his style. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a problem with the time I, jump. I'm just saying, like, yeah, there was a little bit of confusion of when things were happening, like what True. point in the story I give you that. they were in. Because of it's the a time puzzle. Jump. At the very end, maybe you understand it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. At the beginning, yes, it can be confusing. And the reason why I say it's a very rewatchable movie, because knowing what you know at the very end of the movie, coming back to rewatch the movie from the beginning and knowing what you know at the end, it could solve a lot of mystery. It could make the, the movie easier to kind of flow with, mm-hmm. I think. I, I want to watch it again. I want to understand more of the dialect, because like I said, this is a very dialect-heavy movie. Yeah, no, I... I probably will watch it again, maybe when it comes out. Um, For sure, when it comes out. But, but uh, the theater, the theater did a, a wonderful job, and you're right about that. The sound, yeah, uh, the, the sound, the sound, the sp- sound special effects he used to kind Jesus. of it was it, so good. It, you kind of like understand Oppenheimer's like struggle and like the beginning of his career because sure. he like had this idea and the way they portray the idea in his head is using sound effects and that whole whole yeah. thing that it's like even it's almost music, like max. tormenting him you know like yeah. it, it was very cool even the music max there was and we're, we could talk about the part uh, the trinity part the music yeah. in that part was just geez it was uh, made you this anticipate give you this anticipation of what's about to come and uh, without ruining the movie or spoiling we talk about three sequences is this what you got the before, the during, and the after. Did you yeah, understand and, that part? Yeah, and I didn't. I actually did not expect the 
the creation, the Trinity test to be in the middle of the movie. Like it was, it I was did like, not either. I thought that would be the very end. Yeah, I thought that would be like the climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was like, because when it happened, I'm like, wait, has it been three hours already? I yeah. look at my clock and there's at least an hour or so. So, but I think, I think they did a really good job telling his story. It's such a complex story because you want to kind of, it, it's so hard. Like, do you, do you feel like you're in peace? Like, do you, do you feel like, you like this guy, you hate this guy, is he in the right, is he in the wrong? I'm still confused myself. Like, not confused, but I don't have one distinguished feeling about him. I think Nolan took one uh, side of it, but still, like, I, I don't know how to feel. But I don't, I don't even think Nolan took a side on whether Oppenheimer a is a good guy or a bad guy. I think, I think the, the, reality is is he's a very complex individual in american history where there is some uh, moral ambiguity of what he did like he has some mm. good justifications he has some bad justifications on why he did what he did with creating he, the atomic bomb he portrayed the conflict within oppenheimer good enough i think that he did a good job with that yeah and i think i think the reason why you maybe think he picked a side because I think because of the end, like I don't want to spoil how the yeah. you know the re- resolution at the end, it kind of makes you feel like the whole story is from a certain individual's perspective, like hmm. the opinion of Oppenheimer, like like his like what what the perspective of him in the movie is is from a certain individual in the movie. Okay, okay, and that um, individual does not like him. Do you, what did you think of acting? Because acting was a huge thing about this and there's no spoiling this. Yeah. Jesus. The the acting was was amazing. That list. Man, I didn't, I don't even know. There was so many people I didn't even know were going to be in the movie that were in the movie. Yeah. Guarantee anybody goes into this movie, you will be surprised by at least one or two characters just on this. Because you're like, whoa. Five. (laughs) like jesus man i did not know it had such a star power yeah i mean i think i i think there was at least five actors in that movie that i didn't know you know to to uh uh, to christopher nolan's credit he really gave everybody their chance to act yeah there was the acting was just on top of it if we're talking the best of the best and everybody has his chance has his moment um who's the who's the best uh, in acting for you like in the whole uh, throughout the, because there's a lot we could rank them a little bit there's a in lot the, of different in the movie people. yeah um should i the best. Say, should give i say that should i say the character or the actor give me the actor the actor i would probably yeah. say gary oldman which one is gary oldman that's <laughs> why i was wondering if maybe i should say the uh, character. wait wait i'm looking it up no, I. Which one? Which one is that? You could say who was that? Is it uh, uh, Gary Oldman played Harry S. Truman, President Truman? Uh Okay. You you thought he was the best? I thought his that one scene. He has he has only one scene in the whole movie, pretty much. Uh, like that and, one scene. Okay. And it first the fact that it took a second to even realize it was Gary Oldman was amazing. But once you realize it was him and then 
the way they portray Truman as it, we can start we can start spoiling people because <laughs> this is it's hard not to spoil. <laughs> the, so if you haven't watched this movie, uh, real quick before we start spoiling, yeah, sorry to yeah. interrupt. If you haven't watched this movie, it's the best. All right, now to spoiling. Go ahead. Yeah, spoil. <laughs> All right. So they they definitely portrayed Truman as a I guess somewhat morally he 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 he's very limited on his moral uh, you know limits or whatever like he he doesn't come off as a good guy even though he's the president of the United States okay i i liked how he told him uh at the very end he had an iconic uh scene he he, he was like well you didn't push that button or something like that i did i gave the orders they yeah. the, you think the japanese remember your name no they remember america and i'm the one who gave uh, the orders yeah yeah good scene but i don't know if i put him as first i thought robert downey jr just did a hell of a job yeah i mean i wanted to i think both killian murphy and robert downey jr both killed it i, I mean, mean all the main all the main characters like oppenheimer uh gene tatlock lewis strauss um, Emily Blunt, I yeah, mean, Emily Kitty Oppenheimer, Emily Blunt's character—they um, were all Matt Damon's character. They were all the guy, great. the guy that played the detective, like uh, on the on the trial that Oppenheimer had. Uh, the, you know who I'm talking about? The, the persecutor guy, yeah, Jay, uh, Roger. Really Robb, good. Jason Clark, his name's Jason. Yeah, Clark. geez, really, he did a good job. Like he he wants to provoke you, and provoke you, he did. Kenneth Branagh was in the movie. I, mean, dude, I didn't like this know is that. Such like, I feel like the act Rami Malek was in there. I yeah, mean, an Rami Oscar Malek, winner but... right there. <laughs> hey, you bring on an Oscar winner, and his scene was so small yet effective at the very end. Um, yeah, he had such star power. But I feel like these actors wanted to be with Nolan. I, I they, yeah. they, they, I, I, I think because you, the, these people, some of them took like a such a small scene, but such a powerful scenes. Uh, they they wanted to play with Nolan. Well, that's the thing. This I just think... tells you Nolan sells. Yeah, Nolan I mean, sells. I'm per, I'm sure a lot of people like there. Nolan's like, hey, read the script. And by the way, Nolan wrote the script. That's actually kind of amazing. He's a he's uh, a he's a great guy. I mean, yeah, but Nolan, Nolan was probably like telling people like, read the script. I know it's a small role, but this is gonna be a movie that you don't want to yeah. not be a part of. So and it. Uh, it had, uh, like I said, he gave everybody their 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 space. Yeah, in no, everyone had their their moment to their moment. to really show their stuff. They they had this guy, um, Matthias Schwig. I can't pronounce it. Schwig. Who did he play? Because I don't remember he, names. He plays okay. Heisenberg, and he's a pretty good actor. And he has like uh, I don't know two lines in the whole movie. Iconic. You want to play again? You, you want to play in a nolan movie and everybody just wanted that let's yeah. talk let's take a moment here and talk about uh, the trinity test because jesus christ <laughs> that that one scene took the breath away from everybody in the theater i thought so so they in case this is a spoil free uh, area so yeah. in case you don't know they the the they tried out the the bomb um as a and they called it the trinity test yeah. And the bomb goes off, and they have this this one scene when like it's all quiet. Everybody, you're just looking at people's reactions. 
and you're hearing their breath. Yeah. All right? And then all of a sudden, dude, and it's boom. Did, I didn't, do, it like scared some people around me because it just happened all of a sudden. It was so powerful that you just, it shook the theater. Yeah. And I, great I mean, scene. It was definitely designed to make you feel like you were there because, like, in reality, that's kind of how it would how it would work. I mean, you'd see an explosion, and then you know, sound travels slower than than light and 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 stuff. Yeah. So you would hear, you'd get the sonic boom after. It, it made me remember. So I've seen uh, rocket launches before, like in person. Yeah. And it's it's about the same. The rocket goes up and you don't hear anything. And all of a sudden, you just that shockwave just comes through everybody. Like you could hear the the big sound, and it was about the same. I I, I liked it. Yeah, and the sound how he how he how he did the whole scene with especially with sound. Oh, oh yeah. man! And you can totally imagine that you know that's how it was like when when the bomb went off and like. Probably historically, when the bomb went off, no one was saying anything. Like mm. this was the first time anyone has ever seen anything like that. So, and Nolan did not use any CGI, although the very was, end was that CGI. The very you know end. the Earth. Uh, oh, the very yeah. very end. The very, yeah, that very was end. that was definitely CGI. Are you sure? Because yeah, he said but, he did not use. <laughs> he didn't. How I don't think, he... he didn't use CGI in any like typical like. I don't know special effects scenes. I mean, that was a, a whole computer-generated scene. I mean, there's sure. there's no way that that was. This done. movie ended, and they put the name Oppenheimer at the very end. And I sit there and I take it in for a moment. Like, what have I watched? It was so good that I was just. It took me a moment to take it in. Like, you want? It's one of these movies you want to stand up and clap. To me, yeah. I loved it. By, oh yeah, no, I loved it too. Did uh did you stay for the post credit scene? Did you see that? Wait, there was a post credit scene? Yeah, there was a post credit scene. No. I'm so yeah. sad. What was it about? Look it up. You you can it's actually online now. Look it up. Oh, come on, man. I did not know there was a post credit scene. And this is why I should have done my research. Okay, I'll have to look it up. But uh oh, you got to No, look it up. Let's get let's get a live reaction of this post credit. Post credit scene. Are you sure there was one, or are you talking about Barbie or something? No. You, huh? it, it says here Oppenheimer doesn't have any scenes after the credits start rolling. Let me send it to you. Hold on. Give me, okay, give me send one. it to me because I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, but but then again, the, there's articles here. Uh, post credit scene explained. Uh, are you sure? Basically. It's fine. Yeah, the post-credit scene was Godzilla, bro. Okay, well, on that thought, <laughs> it wasn't Godzilla because <laughs> there no. was no post-credit scene. <laughs> That's been going uh, around the internet. Is, uh, the you know the um, the new MonsterVerse movies and the, the but for the first Godzilla movie, they said that Godzilla was created from the Manhattan Project. So it's been going around the internet that there's a post-credit uh, scene. Introducing Godzilla. Okay. <laughs> but to know. I had the to do that. The really joked, especially with uh, Barbie Oppenheimer. Has just uh, gone Barbenheimer? Wild. Barbenheimer? Yeah, that. Um, yeah. This movie was so good, but that doesn't mean it didn't have its bad areas, I thought. Yeah. I mean, First quality. of all, it's dialect heavy, Max, okay? 
Yeah, dialogue heavy. heavily. Sometimes <laughs> I did not hear what they were talking about. Okay. And I just wanted closed caption, like where I could just read the things because sometimes I got lost, especially in the names they uh, they're throwing out, and it was just hard to follow. It okay. Would, closed caption would have just solved all that for me. Well, you can you can rewatch it when it comes out with with subtitles. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> uh, second. His wife and his ex girlfriend, the you know the commie girlfriend. Oh, Florence Pugh's character. Yeah, I didn't really learn much about them. So why why was his wife super depressed like that? Wait, are you talking about her or his wife? Emily, was... Blunt, Emily Blunt. Both of them were depressed. Okay. Yeah. But one one of them, like Emily Blunt, uh, she was like super depressed. She was, I guess, alcoholic. They didn't yeah. really touch on that. And I get it. It's an Oppenheimer story. They wanted to focus more on Oppenheimer, but well, still, I think, like I think they actually touched on it pretty well. I mean, they had they had a whole scene devoted to her. You know, oh, they did. At I, the I mean, end. yeah, because she was super drunk, and they gave up their child to a friend because of her, you know, her drinking problem. And they didn't go much in around. detail, though. They didn't really go much uh, in detail. They didn't, uh, but I don't think it needed to be. Uh, you know, yeah. a leading storyline. I think all it was was to for people to understand like more about Oppenheimer's like personal life. I think it was enough to understand that. What about what about his ex? His, his ex, commie, Lawrence Pugh's character. Did you think that we had enough of her? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it was a bit confusing at some point. But again, it's a three-hour movie, and I feel like. If they wanted to add more, it would have added more to the movie, or they could have... I don't know. I think the way how they done it was good enough, but it would have been nice to see more. Yeah, I mean, I I think the amount of what they have was pretty good. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there, it, there needed to be more. I think everything that was introduced was enough to kind of get the big picture of what's going on, um, mm -hmm. understanding his personal life. I mean... They were just trying to make you understand he was a womanizer. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't scot free. He cheated on his wife multiple times. Uh, I guess they touched on that. Yeah, they. they lot, I actually. mean, they they even like explicitly say it in the movie too. Um, but mm. yeah, I mean, he's a very complex individual. Um, he is, and you can't like. Does he feel bad? Like, I can't. I I, I don't know how he thinks exactly. He. Nolan tried to get us that in some scenes. Like, did he feel bad? Did he not? I mean, you're... the invention they did with this project kind of killed a whole lot of people. Yeah, and, and uh... I, I, I would argue maybe the, they portray from his his perspective was Oppenheimer's perspective was to make it seem like he did feel bad and that they, he had some remorse for what he did. But then at the end, with what Strauss was saying, it kind of makes you question it. Like, makes you question, was Oppenheimer, did he feel bad or was he kind of manipulating everybody? Because, I mean, and they definitely kind of showed he did manipulate a lot of people throughout the movie, you know, to get what he wanted. So mm -hmm. it's kind of that question of, does he feel bad or is it a front for him to gain you know, fame and, and stuff. Cause mm. he definitely showed that he, you know, he wanted to become, he, he, he wanted to be recognized for his accomplishments, 
while also he acting like recognized. he didn't want to. Like it's kind of it he was, was kind of recognized weird. at the very end. Dialect heavy people. Uh, this is this movie is very dialect heavy, uh, and and you see at the very end how the whole Strauss uh, versus Oppenheimer. I guess Strauss was delusional about what was actually happening. How they uncovered this whole thing, I thought was really good. Nolan, like I said, likes to play with time. And I was going into this movie thinking, how is he going to do this in a, in a real story, in a, in a, in a biography? And I, I thought he did very well, especially with the dialect, especially with the acting, the sound system. The mo- Dude, this was a movie. Like, it was actually a, a completed film. You have every aspect. Acting, music, sound, uh, story, uh, good picture. What what else do you need? What else yeah. do you need for this to be the best? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It was it was definitely a movie worth seeing. I recommend it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, um, especially seeing it in the theater. I think that's a yeah. big thing. If if you yeah, are if movie. you're not if you're not big into IMAX and stuff, that's fine. But you definitely try to see it in the theater because it. It's a whole experience, and it's worth it. It is. Um, it is. I thought it was. But I think uh, I think that's gonna bring us to the end of this episode. So um, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Like us. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you might be listening to podcasts. But uh, we're. I think we're gonna try to do Barbie. Um, yeah, we're Barbie. gonna try to do Haunted Mansion. So stay tuned for those future episodes. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. Have a good weekend.